0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Nate and Phillip back at it again with another episode of the Poké Talk podcast.
1: So much to talk about. Oh, yeah. Finally, news. We got news. We so, got things going on.
0: Yeah, this is... uh It's weird that this is one of the more exciting episodes for us because, yeah, we do have news, but this is, in fact... A Lorcana focused episode once again. So, we told Ooh! you it was probably coming. We know we're a Pokemon podcast, but yeah. a lot of the Poke influencers and Poke tubers are also kind of on this bandwagon of, you know, Disney Lorcana becoming the next big TCG. It's showing very good promise for collectibles and you know, playable TCGs, and we've talked about it before, we told you some more episodes were coming, that we'd probably have, you know, two more, at least, um, when the rules got revealed, which they have, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, um, we'll probably do one more lorcon episode post-launch, um, just to see how everything's going, and you know, Philip and I do have the D23 collector set cards, which pretty much are the grails of Lorcana right now. Um,
1: Wish I could have gotten more, but man, it, I'm, I'm appreciative and thankful for being able to afford one in these times. I, I am. Um, it's just things are frustrating because I catch on selling more and more. Pokemon stuff like excess co- part of my collection, and I swear it's just like the price entry point just kept on increasing, increasing, <laughs> increasing. I'm like, and it got to the point where I could no longer feasibly like explain, you know, tr- trying to buy another set because by yeah. then like the sets were like f- 5k, and I mean now they're like I think 12k now just raw. Um, so it's like it's like one of those things where I knew it was gonna keep on getting expensive but like it was so fluid the fact that you and i got in under two thousand dollars is like what
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that that goes to show our knowledge in other tcgs and just recognizing the fact that this was going to be a hit early on whether how long that lasts we'll see but yeah yeah we uh if you want to follow the journeys of people who bought Lorcana sets at the exact pretty much the two-day window that you had to buy at the perfect time
1: it um, was about two <laughs> weeks I would say but yeah it was because I it took me it was about a week before I could buy and it was still like that for another like 10 days or something like that and then it jumped up to three to 4k for the set cost and that's when I could no longer buy it but yeah it was a it was a fluid volatile market whenever this thing came out as more people began learning about it
0: yeah i do think yeah that i mean that was the perfect time unless you're at the actual event the cheapest these sets ever gotten were like i think 1400 1500 and those were those were like the weekend days of the event so that's when people were actively buying new ones. But literally the last day, the Sunday, I think it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sunday event, things were already lucky if you could get it below two thousand. So, and then like you said, for the for the next couple of weeks, you still could, but there were sales anywhere from twenty four hundred to like eighteen hundred, and they were very up and down. So you kind of had to really be watching, but, uh, yeah, long story short, we got them. Um, I'm still Pokemon guy, probably gonna, I don't know. We'll see if there's a hype situation where, you know, these cards just go up even higher. I'm probably selling my set and just investing more in Pokemon. That's, you know, I don't want to say more guaranteed, but more established, and then if i could buy these lorcana cards back after the hype then maybe um it's definitely an exciting card game like to play like i i really want to build a couple decks cuz that's what i want to that's what i do in magic i just have like a bunch of decks that i've built that i play with with friends so that's what i want to do with lorcana cuz i do think this is going to be really fun but
1: yeah we'll we'll talk about that though yeah, I'm going to say just a few updates with me. Um, some of it where most people don't care. I finished The Heart Crisis in the DC Universe, so I'm pretty much caught up with the meta. Woo! I'm pretty excited about that. I, I can't, like, I know, you know nobody probably cares, but woo! <laughs> yeah, so, I see the, the Flash up. movies yeah.
0: coming out soon, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, but the Flash is, that's, that story is like 12 years old, but eventually I will read that. It's like the meta of, like, the whole DC is, like, 64 issues. But the actual core story is, like, maybe a dozen. Like, there's, like, five issues for the actual Flashpoint. But there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, it's really not that long if you actually have the core story. But they... And the whole overreach, they, go, they bring in, like, every DC character. Like, what's going on in this Flashpoint for them. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but... I will be reading that in time. There is a few other things I have to read, like Dark Metal, a few other things that led up to the Dark Crisis that I kind of want to know. But if you're ever interested in getting into comics, you're reading the Dark Crisis saga is a quick synopsis of like the last 30 years of DC Comics. Like The main crises, is it, it does a quick breakdown, it does the origin story of like why, what happened, and it's really great if you're just trying to get into DC Comics, that is a great place to start because you get a quick review of most the core events of the last, like, 30 years or so. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm almost caught up with all my comics, yeah. And uh, I also bought... I mean, it, look, look how this timed up. PSA9 Mickey from Disney Lurkana. It just arrived this morning.
0: Yeah, looks nice. You yeah. send me a picture of it. Um, got
1: Henry's to... Yeah, and say, Authenticity off, Guarantee
0: but... and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, all of them, but all the ones that were up with the, all the ones that I saw for the Mickey Mouse that were up all had off centering. I was, I was going to see if maybe it was closed, if maybe there was just something else that gave it a 9 that maybe I could be great at for a 10, but all the centering was pretty bad. Like, there wasn't really any, any way around it, so I was like, screw it, I'm just going to go ahead and get one, doesn't matter, it, it's a PSA 9. Okay. Um... And, you know, we'll kind of talk more about it. We'll go in here in the uh, main topic. We'll go into how many of these sets as well. Although, you know, for the collectors. Um, but the fact that I could even get one, I am thankful for. And we'll just see what happens. You know, I think we're, we're already starting to see some trickle up. It's it's moving. There's some there's some signs that, that are pushing up certain cards, most notably the Elsa.
0: Yep, Um, And you were asking me before we started here, um, if some of the card leaks, which we'll go into those later, um, I just sent you something on Telegram, because you were asking if the card leaks, if they have shown the foil, like the normal foil, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just sent you... Like in that article I showed you, there was an Elsa where they—it's uh, foil, but it's a very bland foil. It is. So, if you guys—if yes, uh, yeah, you guys don't know the D twenty three collector set that was given out last year, um, it's a set of six cards plus they had the Mickey that Philip is talking about. Obviously, um, Mickey was given out at the expo and the collector set you could purchase there for like fifty dollars um so yeah quite $50. quite quite the gig there um <laughs> people were trying to scalp it like crazy um, well
1: and these some of these people probably do nothing of tcg um and we'll go in more we, we kind of discussed it before how some of these people buying these sets weren't paying attention they were clicking by before even thinking essentially and it showed in a, in a lot of aspects and i think a lot Yes, there's people that bought with the intention of flipping. I think some that did, even some that pretty much probably sold a good portion, but a lot of these people getting these sets were kind of clueless in the t c g world and how things work. they just took the the money and ran like oh, they bought four sets and they sold them at three twenty five hundred three thousand a piece so oh, you made ten thousand yeah. um well, if you sold right now, you can sell one set for ten thousand you know like <laughs> I remember the
0: I remember the very th- like first and second listings on Lorkana, it was the Friday when the event was happening and people mm. just learned about these cards and I was like refreshing every 10 minutes for like all three days like I was just on the ball just watching these the, things like a hawk just waiting actually, for one to pop up on eBay.
1: And it there was Friday morning, they were pretty much there, you know, they took it right then and there and posted it on eBay. The first one sold for 500 um like four or five hundred that's kind of what we thought the most it would be right uh we were so wrong with that that's
0: that's the one i saw i was like okay what what's the first price point because i was thinking whatever the first price point is someone's gonna buy like buy it and then put it up there like if they think it's worth 500 dollars, they're gonna put it up there for a thousand like whatever they think it's worth they are going to like overshoot that but you know, I really wasn't thinking about the fact that you're probably right. Like a lot of these people aren't really involved in TCGs. You know, D23 is such a wide event, so uh-huh. they like 500 was probably like a lot to them, and that was a lot for me too. I'm like, oh wow, that that's that's a decent amount.
1: Because yeah. I wasn't sure if I was gonna, you know, b- b- you know, bite in at that cost. Because it was like 1,000, 1,500, 2,000. I was like, I had to start thinking like. Do I do it? Like, I quickly, within a week, I was able to sell, like, $500 worth of stuff. And within two weeks, I was able to sell, like, $1,500. Um, so I, once I sold the $500 worth of stuff, I just charged it on my card. I was like, whatever. I'll pay it off within two weeks. And I did. But it was one of those things where you kind of didn't have time to think You in some ways. Well, I mean, you did, and you didn't. Um, I got lucky because I was looking at good re- review people and somebody that also sold uh, s- soccer cards like s- sports cards with mlS like premier League all that stuff I was like okay so this guy's familiar with how to handle cards um, and now i was i thought i only i thought I had the only sequential set or like one of two or three Turns out it's more like ten to twenty. I'm one of only like twenty people that have a full s- sequential set. Um, to my knowledge, I'm the only one that got it fr- from the same set. Yeah. Um. So I think that says something about one, my eye, and two, the person who I bought from.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was quite the, the mad dash there for a while. <laughs> but yeah, but, they uh. uh Well, I was getting at, like, long story short, those cards all had a special foiling, which was, uh, it's the the foiling that Pokemon used on some sun and moon promos. It's like that wavy type foiling. And, uh, in these leaks that we'll get into, they showed the set foiling, which is very plain, um, almost like Magic the Gathering, old school foil, you know, basically just shiny. So... That that set's definitely distinctive. And uh, the rarity symbols on the bottom center of the card are definitely noticeable. And uh, the D23 set has special markings down there as well. Yep. So. But, yeah, I guess we'll uh, hop on into the news. We do Let's actually do have some Pokemon news, which we haven't really had in the last few episodes. It's been kind of slow with... Um, Scarlet and Violet sets releasing. Um, I do want to mention something like that. A lot of people weren't really hyped up for those sets. Like People were hyped, I guess, in a way, but once people started opening them, I feel like the hype died out really quick and you don't really see many people super excited about those. I don't know if it's all new Pokemon and you know, we're not, like, in love with them yet. There's not, like, a super huge chase yet or what. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little little weird. And I was listening to one of the Pokemon podcasts um, just yesterday, and they, they were kind of saying the same thing, how, you know, this one guy on there opens a few booster boxes for product on his website, and uh, he didn't really have too much fun opening it. But... Yeah, there's more exciting things coming, um, especially with the 151 set, which is part of the news we want to touch on. Mm -hmm. There pretty much has been, I think, pretty much confirmed the entire base set of this 151. It's called Pokemon Card 151. Um, I think there was like a poster that pretty much had the base set list and meaning that they had all the cards, Bulbasaur all the way to Mew, um, shown on this poster. So we don't see any of like the alt arts or secret rares or trainer cards. So, yeah,
1: I think they got Kamiya to do hypno again. It almost looks like based on the art can't quite tell fully, but almost looks like it. And they have it, Listed exactly as you would in in the uh, in the actual games.
0: Yeah, Pokedex order.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's what I was thinking of. That, that poster is pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, though.
0: Yeah, it almost looks like it's a. Yeah, it's just a poster of the whole set. You know, they used to make posters like this from sets, but uh, they released uh, the pack art, um, some special products, which is like a. Um, it's like a catalog poster is what they're calling that and a card file or a mini binder. And they have the starter Pokemon as promos in there, which have different art than the set. Um, they're not like a special holo or anything. It's just a different art style, but, uh, the little binders look cool. One has Charizard and Venusaur on it. I'm sure it's got Blastoise on the back. Then the other one's just like a little Pokeball design with all the silhouettes of the Pokemon on there. But it almost looks like it's a little 4x4 binder. But hard to tell from the images.
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for the secret rares. Which I think is what most people are waiting on. That's kind of where we're at in the hobby, I feel like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's some there's some weird things in this set too. There's like an Arbok EX. There's just some, uh, yeah, just some weird ones. But some uh, of the art
1: does look decent, though. I will say that, like the commons and stuff.
0: Yeah, the uh, Cadabra does get his official Pokemon card back, so this is gonna be the first Cadabra card we've had in a long time. But you know, once again. Canto Love. I feel like this is a product that they've wanted to do for a long time. And they've hinted at that, you know, with celebrations and all these reprint sets, even generations. But, you know, now that Kadabra can actually be a card again without conflict. Maybe they're just like, all right, one one last time. Let's go. <laughs> this, this one ends it for, for sure. But... I'm sure we'll see some more Canto love here
1: next year. Yeah, I'm sure every year (laughs) (laughs) at this point. But uh, yeah, that was a... And then there was also the more classic cards were revealed um, for the classic collection that's coming out in the fall that you have to win the lottery for.
0: The trading card game classic
1: yeah and I mean, I just don't care i mean if you're if you're gonna buy anything this year, I would say this set would probably be the best thing to buy um or that like that game or just the set if you don't feel like spending money on the actual game or if you didn't win the lottery um I mean the foil patterning's cool um but i just I just don't really care.
0: I would really like to... Like, I think it's a very cool idea. It would be a very cool box to have where you, like, take out the decks and if there was, like... There is three sixty 60-card decks and they feature, you know, Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur. Very cool idea. I would love to have this box just chilling to where I could bust it out and get that classic experience. Um... But I think they kind of ruined it for me by including newer cards. Like, I'm sure it's obviously playability factors and to actually make it more fun, but they have Lugia EX in here. They have some e-reader trainer cards. They have a Ho-Oh EX, Suicune EX. You know, they've, they've added cards from other eras in there as well, which I'm sure makes it more fun, but this is truly like a classic Pokemon experience like I just want the boring old base set Gen 1 stuff like this is a product that should have been you know just Gen 1 if anything but especially because it's almost like labeled and shown off as like a high class collectible you know but I don't know. It just kind of ruins it for me. If like, I want to play the old school decks and see the old school cards, like the one time where I would be happy for it just to be the old school. And then you throw in these EXs and stuff just kind of turns me off. So instead it almost makes me want to build like classic decks with just the normal cards and just play that way. But, might buy a couple just for the collectability i do think the charizard looks great um it's very reminiscent of the 25th anniversary japanese charizard with the hollow border which i think is the best charizard that has ever been printed as far as looks wise and hollow and this pretty much has the same vibes this is I think the first time they're using this glittery with star hollow pattern. Um, it's just a little unique. Usually, there those stars aren't in there, so it's a little different. So it'd be cool as a little collectible to pick up a couple of the cards. But other than that, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm just. I'll I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. i be. It's, I'm glad for everybody who's excited about it, but like I just. Though you have to focus on what things you want to buy and what goals, and that just isn't really one of them.
0: Yeah, there is a Kamiya Onyx in there.
1: I saw that, that thing that that was pretty cool. So, like, I would probably get that card, but everything else I mean, the foil pattern is pretty cool, especially with the Japanese ones. I'll like, I'm not denying that, Um, but like, I'm definitely not doing full set. I don't think because it'd be if I did, it'd be more. As a quote unquote investment on 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 these, and that's why it's kind of towards the bottom of the priority,
0: I think that onyx like just stands out so much like again, it's not like an old school card, no, so it it's kind of weird being in the set, but then the artwork is so cool, being comia and then you got little diglets on the background too like that is yeah. just so cool that'd be uh. One of the top Comia cards for sure.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: But yeah, I was trying to see what other news. I mean, I guess I really Uh, don't have much.
1: Well, the other thing I have is Pokemon Go Fest 2023 was announced. And it's in New York this year and also London. And uh, obviously it's going to be in Japan. Um, But (coughs) I'm going to New York. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> nice. Uh, at, at first, I was not sure. I wasn't really planning on traveling, but it turns out we were able to get it decently affordable on the tickets were cheap and everything else. And we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in New York, obviously not just GoFest. Um, uh, it's also the date of GoFest is actually coincides with the release date of Lorcana, So yeah. that that's pretty interesting. Um uh, like, I'll be in New York when it releases, and obviously I'll be paying attention to the price of some stuff, but I honestly expect to be kind of a slow increase, and I expect the peak for for some of these cars to happen sometime in October, November, when the second set releases. But again, that's just all speculation. Um, but I'm really excited. Going to see the Statue of Liberty. Going to see the ne- 9-11 Memorial, Broadway show. I mean, it's, I'm, I am beyond excited. I can't even describe it. I never thought... It's just something that I wasn't planning on happening this year, and it is, and yeah. I'm stoked. Absolutely stoked. Yeah, that'll be fun.
0: I'll just be playing the local event. I'm not into it that much. Well, but...
1: I, I, wonder, I wonder how many times I'm going to be cursed at in New York, right? Like, is it... <laughs> <laughs> That's probably somewhat stereotypical, but I, I'm just waiting here like, hey, go ask yourself Or <laughs> something like that like I wonder how many times that has get
0: done. off your phone F-
1: yeah, <laughs> pay attention where you're walking, bud
0: sound like it's pretty <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it's pretty good park though, and like seems like they got a lot of space there,
1: well, it's on Handels Island, um which is probably for the best, so they can help uh <clears throat> with the cellular activity we're actually going to be staying like right in the middle of times square so it's going to be like a 35 minute bus ride but that was okay for us because we're going up there like yeah we're going to be doing pokemon go but we're also going to see new New york city so we wanted to be where like yeah it's going to suck that morning having to get up at 7 a.m and trying to make the 8 a.m bus to get there before the event starts but like Everything else is like only like a 20 minute trip Pretty much from where we're at So that's why we chose that And hey It just so happens that the Yankees and Sox Are going to be playing that weekend In New, in New York And we're also going to be seeing a Yankees game So Nice Yeah The Sox Can't wait for the Sox to lose I don't really have anything against the Yankees But the Red Sox I, I hate So
0: <laughs> Yeah I guess that's pretty much it for the news though I mean, the only other thing, they've uh, leaked some Paldea Evolved cards for the next set. But uh, they got some pretty cool promos for sure. Nice mm-hmm. alt arts. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Trying to think here. Just double check. I guess with that, we can hop on into the Lorcana and see about All right. that.
1: So, first, there's obviously, like, the game rules and all that. We'll, we'll kind of get into that. But I figure a lot of people, if you're not familiar, kind of want to know the main details, like, when it's coming out, some of the costs. If you, haven't, if you haven't learned about that yet, we'll go ahead and just kind of shoot away. Um, one thing first I wanted to say, I think it's pretty incredible how Ravensburger and Disney, they're giving your LGSs a heads up on the big box stores. Which tells me they're trying to, obviously they were trying to, they want LGSs to have an incentive to to take the product, I think is the the main things. Because they were going to have no issues giving it to big box stores and selling it at big box stores. But they wanted it to be at LGSs. these are the places that are going to be hosting the tournaments. Not Walmart, not Target. It's going to be your your LGSs, and I think it's amazing that they're uh, the set's releasing August eighteenth at your LGSs for most places in the world. I'll say it like that, and it's going to release September first for every everywhere else. Um, and I think that's pretty great given the LGS is 2 weeks. It gives people a heads up. It it really helps out small businesses and that's actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, they're definitely trying to start out on the right foot um getting that relationship. You know, Magic used to be very involved on that level, but uh been seeing some rough days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully uh, Lorcana can get on that and build that relationship and have regular events so
1: and um, so the cost is going to be comparable to uh, Pokemon Um, the packs are gonna be a little bit more expensive Um, they are going to be 599 they are gonna have eleven cards with multiple rarity very similar to to Pokemon Uh, you're gonna get one foil and you're going to get potentially a card as rare as a legendary which i guess is going to be a foil card um haven't really seen if there's any quote-unquote secret rares yet there hasn't been anything that has said that so i'm wondering if the legendary are technically the secret rares which would be interesting for them because they're not going to be having like what pokemon does with their secret quote rares where it's beyond the set number so it'd be like 206 out of 202 or or whatever I'm not sure if the thinkcon is gonna have that in this first set. It's kind of looking like they're not,
0: yeah, but it's
1: five ninety nine and it's less a dollar more expensive than Pokemon,
0: yeah, a little uh little up there on the per pack, yeah, uh, I mean, if you look at the set list though, I mean there's really a great variety of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. that's one thing I look at. It's like, when I'm looking at the set kind of as a whole, based off what has been shown, I mean, this almost looks like... Like, this doesn't look like a base set. Like, you expect the base set to be kind of bland. But, I mean, they got many, many movies represented here and shows... And just, like, such a wide range. Like, it almost looks like this is, like, base set plus, like, two other expansions combined. It's just a very, very wide net that they cast and really capturing a lot of lot of stuff right off the bat. I mean, just with Mickey Mouse alone, there's, like, four, three or four variants already shown. We have a, you know, base Mickey Mouse and then the Sorcerer. There's a detective one. There's a like a steel type musketeer with a sword. There's yeah, just lots of lots Mm -hmm. of Mickey's the Taylor promo, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird. Like my initial thought is I hope like they don't overdo themselves too early on. Yeah, I'm sure they got plenty of stuff planned out already.
1: Yeah, and the car the cards arts pretty great. Um, there's a few where they've kind of changed a little bit to make them like different than what we've seen in the shows. Uh, one of them is the fiery scar, or what, what? It's called something like that. It's like scar looks like he's like makeup of, made of like molten rock.
0: Yeah, uh, scar, fiery usurper.
1: Anyways, I'm trying to find it now, but it looks very cool, unique art that we haven't seen before. And there's quite a bit of that when it comes to this set. And you have, like, obviously the Sorcerer Mickey. You know, you can see the brooms in in the background. Uh, One of my favorite is the Steamboat Willie Mickey. I love that one.
0: Yeah, they're Uh, doing a good job of, like, representing the colors. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of similar in Magic in a way, too. Where, like, it seems like for the red card or the amber, I think they're calling it, um, like the Scarfiery Usurper, they're more of the aggressive style. Like, they might be more powerful, but they don't have really good abilities. So, yeah, he's like a... He's a four cost, five, three, but he does nothing else. Um, So, he might be an aggressive card. And then there's also a blue... um, I forgot what they're calling the blue ink, but they have a blue version of Scar where he's pretty similar in strength, but he does a little more stuff. So when you play the character, someone gets, you know, minus five this turn, which is, you know, their attack. So blue, like in magic, is kind of the tricky color where it's more like a control base. So... Like Magic's color system and mana system has kind of like their identity. And, and the fiery
1: uh, serpent is common, and the scar is a rare, just FYI. But.
0: Yeah. So there's there's definitely playing on the colors, and each color kind of has its identity. You see a lot of the sorcerer or magic wielders like Maleficent and that Mickey card, They're they're purple. And that's what, you know, Elsa is as well so pretty pretty cool
1: and um so the rest of the products um are very very comparable to other tcgs they have their their decks that are only 17 bucks um they have like their collection boxes quote unquote uh, they call it like a gift set and it's that's 30 bucks which is obviously very comparable to a lot of what Pokémon TCG does they have the Illuminators Trove which is essentially the ETB's same price as an ETB so and their and their booster boxes are like 140, 142 or something like that yeah. so it's very comparable to Pokémon besides a single pack so essentially what they're trying to tell people is we don't want you buying just one pack we want you buying everything else that that's why they have the price point at, at 599 in my opinion because they want you to buy the illumineers trove or like the gift set or the starter deck because those are all comparable to pokemon only the single packs aren't the whole idea with the single pack is kind of a collector's thing i feel like because i feel like most people even with magic like you're not buying just one pack right um that's why i feel like it's very comparable to that so some people are like 599 really like well It kind of makes sense a lot of times like you'll see there'll be options like tier list that you'll have and there will be two one option that just looks crappy one option that looks okay the one option that looks amazing and essentially i forget what they call it in marketing but that's that's the choice that they want you to to take what uh whatever price point that is there's a certain price point of the three that is clearly the best one they want you to do that one um essentially this is no different in my opinion they want you to buy the other items.
0: Yeah. There, uh, what was There's a Gamma Expo here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, they really had a nice booth in there. Um, you can kind of look up some stuff about the, the Gamma Expo, but they, they had a lot to show. They had all these products lined up on their, their tables. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the the showing there, but uh, they could. There was like a game night on Monday, Tuesday that they had there for like a short demo. Um, the game night was held on April twenty fourth and twenty fifth, um, so that's kind of when the rules were officially shown by like them in person. But, yeah, they had a little booth there. They showed off some foil cards. They showed a couple new cards. That's where they showed the foil version of Elsa, which is different than the collector set foil. Um, yeah, there is, there's even a video on that page, which I want to look at it now because the audio would probably come through. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a video on that page, With the Elsa, where they actually flip through some foil cards. So, they look pretty good there. But, other than that... I mean, yeah, they show that they have playmats already. I think there's like three playmats to choose from. Deck boxes, binders... Binders are kind of plain with just, you know, plain Disney artwork. So, nothing special there. Um... The first chapter starter decks look awesome. Like, I'm gonna definitely try to buy one of each of those just to open and play with. So it'd be cool to oh. have one of those to play with, and then maybe make a deck of my own. That's good.
1: Well, I'll uh, probably buy like an Illuminators Trove is what I'm thinking. Um, and we kind of discussed it. You know, these this art's pretty cool. I might collect the set. I know it's mainly meant to play. There's not a whole lot meant for, like, collectors so far that they've revealed. Um, but I think it'll be pretty cool. We know this set's going to be printed to the ground. Like, it's going to yeah. be ridiculous. Um, because they're going to be printing this set even when set two comes out. Absolutely. Uh, because they'll need the variety of cards. There's only two sets. So they'll obviously be keep on printing it, in my opinion, even after set two comes out, which is going to happen in November. Which we all—I don't know if we said on this podcast before—but Nathan and I have discussed, like, oh, it makes sense that they're going to have a set sometime mid fourth quarter, so they can have it for Christmas. Um, and we know that set's also going to be printed to the ground because they're hoping, I imagine, for this to appear in a lot of Christmas gifts. Yeah. Like, and then this is something that can. It's simple enough to where everybody of all ages can learn it. The grandma can play with hit the grandkids, essentially, um, if they feel like trying to learn it. Um, and even if there's a
0: huge hype, like astronomical proportions, like Pokemon, they'll continue to print this for potential year or two years. You know, that's yeah. what happened to base set.
1: <laughs> so essentially... Do not, no, 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 like can we do, like an exclamation mark, asterisk, em- emphasis on what I'm about to say. Do not hoard sealed with this stuff. If you're going to drop a bunch of money on this set to hoard it, don't. Just put that money towards a Mickey 9 or a Mickey 8 or something. Don't, that's going to do better than any of the sealed stuff because it's not meant for collectors so far that we've seen. Because of that, it's just people going to be buying it like, oh, I want this original set. It's not going to, it will, obviously, give it 20 years, it will eventually go up in, in value. It's just not worth, the returns isn't worth it. Buy one of the D23 cards instead of dropping 1,000, a, a 2,000 on this.
0: Yeah. If you do want to build a stash, because, you know, no matter what we say, people are going to do it. <laughs> wait this is one where you wait you know there will mm-hmm. be plenty yep. to come so yeah just wait until after release when everyone who's wanted it has bought their stuff if there is a crazy hype they're just going to be putting this out there because you know there there is going to be a hype I think the demand is going to be higher the demand is no, going to be higher than the supply and I think most people think that because it's a new TCG. Nobody has cards right now. So especially with it being Disney and all the hype already. They're gonna have a, a catch up period and like no matter what.
1: Yeah. They're um, they're they're gonna sell out and they might even sell they'll probably have two or three waves planned and they're gonna sell out every single wave. Yeah. Um, so, I would just be surprised, they'll continue.
0: Thanks. They'll continue though. Don't don't worry. I'm pretty sure they've already acknowledged that they expect, you know Something to happen like that, but they're they're dedicated. They said they they're dedicated from the start to just you know not make this super scarce and just getting it out there.
1: It genuinely feels like they are actually like they're understanding that it's important towards their base to be happy, to be satisfied, to feel like. That Ravensburger is looking out for them. That that not only does that create loyalty, but it also creates a high customer satisfaction with the hobby, and, and it encourages folks to begin. Um, so you're obviously pulling people from like the TCG world already, and Disney people, people that have never played, which is great. Uh, it is gonna be a little weird, people that are Disney fans meeting up with like TCG nerds, like a lot of those people that like participate and like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, matches, it's going to be an interesting culture difference in some ways, because there is a stereotype where a lot of individuals that play Magic and other TCG games like that ha- are like socially inept, for lack of better words. And it would just be that, that merging will be very interesting to see, I, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just find that very amusing. Um, but another thing to know is there is no First edition, which we they did confirm, like four months ago. But it was, it was through the screenshot was through a PM through Disney Luricana. Yeah. Like nobody knew how legit it was that the person that was saying it knew what they were talking. I mean, knew legitimately for sure if that was going to change. But we've seen all these cards. There's been no first edition, which was absolutely imperative if they were going to be su- successful. Flesh and blood. They dropped the first edition. They realized it was bad. You know, Pokemon dropped the first edition. They realized it, it wasn't wasn't going to work. If they didn't do that, the amount of people throwing fists for a damn booster box or uh, an ETB would have been off the charts.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that would have been pretty bad, um, especially from the get go. I mean, I think they'll do special stuff like they did with the d twenty three
1: but I think uh, they'll have special promos at their at their parks i i do
0: yeah that that's something that's potentially huge, you know obviously these will probably be at parks if they do alternate artworks of basically just the same cards but of Disney parks like the artwork can incorporate the park. Like, that would be Epcot, huge.
1: <laughs> like, say, like, say, Epcot, or, um, you know, you got MGM, um, what's it called? The the Jungle One, you know, and then you have them theme like you were saying, have these promos. Like you can only get this promo at this park, only get this promo at that park. I do think they will eventually do that. Um, will they do that first year? I could see a lot of reasons why they wouldn't. Um, I, I, I really do. Because they're more focused about making sure there's a lot of people playing the game before they start appeasing collectors, I think. Um, I am kind of wondering if there is a August convention a Gen Con where they reportedly will be some special items for sale. Some items will be for sale at this Gen Con in Indianapolis between August 3rd and August 6th. It will be interesting as well if they have more promos. Um, it, this is something that you and I kind of discussed around October. Um, it would be it would be interesting if they do create more for collectors to generate hype as well, and I don't know what that might entail. Um, but it will it'll be too expensive for us probably. Um, well, at least for me probably <laughs> to to be able to buy, because I think you know. If it's going to be like the Mickey all over again, the Mickey hit 1500 raw, like in the first few days before it came down. Yeah. So. I think they'll like, for I, sure
0: I do the promos like that. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's easy money. You're printing cardboard and yeah, you can do a special one at each park if you want, or at all the parks, do a special one for a limited time, just like every three months or, you know, however long. Have a new promo, and that would be insane. But,
1: yeah, because, I mean, that would be expensive, but you, if you kind of see some of the stuff Disney does that increases the charge of some of their items, it's something that you can definitely see.
0: Yeah, they're all about the money deep down, so... Mm-hmm. It's easy money for them, so why not? Yeah. It's for sure on their radar, but... And
1: you, you kind of hinted at it, but anything... Any special promo, like, obviously, like the D23 set, they will have a comparable card with the same function printed that would be more affordable. So, yes, while a lot of these cards, like the Disneyland Arcana cards, the D23, they're obviously very expensive. But guess what? Every single one of them is in the set, the the first chapter set. Art slightly changed on a few of them, like Elsa. It's, like, a different angle slightly. Um, But, yeah they are going to print the same function. They're not going to make it a OP card where you can only get this promo and it's like $5,000. So you already And it's like you are, you screw over a good portion of your base. You know, they're, they're okay. not going to do that. They are very conscientious of that aspect, which I think says a lot about how they acknowledge how important it is for the players to have these cards and have this affordability aspect. That's why I, I feel like almost if they do start doing like alternate arts or like secret rares down the line, I don't know if we'll see it in the first year. Yeah, Just because they're going to be so concerned about or so preoccupied by making sure the players have these cards. Because they, they want to have that first championship or that first tournament window year to go off smoothly and incredibly. They're not going to want to do anything to mess it up. So... But I don't think secret rares would necessarily or alt arts. Um, we'll just see how much they deviate from from the norm. The set two comes out in November um, for LGSs, December first for everyone else. So it will be interesting to see what they do with that set as well. How if we see any build on building of the first set and that one, and if we can see any potential trends that they're going for or what what have you.
0: Yeah, it'll give us an idea for sure. I'm I'm with that too. I think the first couple sets will just be, you know, more characters, more artwork and, you know, build two or three sets worth of, you know, like a base set, kind of like Base Jungle mm-hmm. Fossil did.
1: And those are pretty basic. Let's be real.
0: Yeah. Or they could just keep it basic until they introduce all the characters, you know. That's pretty much what Pokemon did. The base jungle fossil set pretty much all it did was keep it the same they just introduced all 150 pokemon at the time
1: well the problem is the for disney it's kind of ridiculous how many characters they can choose from so i don't know if they're going to go that route yeah
0: but yeah with the go ahead
1: i was just gonna say if they're just like the first year if they're only doing disney characters they could do that probably Especially if each sets like 150 plus you they could potentially do that with m- most characters, but you're already kind of seeing there's variants of several characters already like scar yeah so yep
0: yeah. definitely definitely a strong start in their future we'll just you know see if it can stick um, one more thing I was gonna say you know the thing that's got me the most excited about this is the gameplay but I do want to mention one more thing before we jump into gameplay. Um, You know, with the set symbols and stuff, a lot of people, like your point, said that to the D23 set, they have an equivalent within the set. So it's like, okay, you can't afford a D23 version just buy the normal version. It doesn't affect gameplay whatsoever. And I think that's a great way to do it. That's what Pokemon does. You know, they do alt arts, exact same card, just different artwork and more rare. So it appeals to the collectors and players. Collectors have the option to just collect the playable basic version for cheaper. The players have the option to pimp out their decks with the collector version. Um, Like people do in Magic, they'll foil out their deck or so call it. Um, and the people who I see the people, you know, for the argument of that style, they put a lot of grasp into the, the set symbol, like, well, you know, the special cards, they, they are marked first edition and D23, not only one factor, but two factors that are down there on the card and the foils different and so people who really either don't agree with that style of like consumerism or can't afford the cards in general or you know just haters for lorcana in general they were like well it's just a, it's just a symbol who cares you can literally buy the card in the set and it's the same thing you know what's the big deal about a symbol and i always tell those people Look at set Charizard. <laughs> look at first edition base set. Look at shadowless base set. Even less of a distinguishing factor. Just the shadow around the picture. And look at the price differences there. You know. Just a distinguishing factor of variance is enough, no matter what, to set so- cards apart.
1: I think some of that mentality, you kind of... You kind of at a little bit people that can't afford it don't like it the consumerism or a lot of point they're just naive to tcgs in general um i do think it's a little bit of the latter as well people that can't understand why anybody would want these cards i think some of it's even not just naivety but straight ignorance potentially of the d23 set and like oh there's only 900 and in tens there's even less and it's hard to say how many of these will overall of the 900 or so d23 sets in existence how many tens will become of these sets it's hard to say we know right now there's less than 200 complete sets you could have at most um so ultimately a lot of people probably don't know how rare it is or understand why somebody would want it just because of a stamp and i think a lot of it is just people that don't know don't understand I think is is a, is a good portion of it.
0: It's just that collector mentality like you know I always I always tell people, you know, usually people who are not collectors or don't understand why like I buy cardboard, you know, maybe they're obsessed with coffee mugs, you know, even if they don't collect anything whatsoever, you know, sometimes I'll use like money as a reference it's like well why why don't you have a hobby like that like unless you know obviously your money's going elsewhere like money is usually important to those people you like collecting money um to me money isn't that exciting like i live a pretty frugal lifestyle and you know we kind of live below our means just so we have more kind of financial freedom, I guess, but we don't really spend on much. So it's like, I I really don't care. I'd rather put that money somewhere else and forget about it, like investments or in something I enjoy. And turns out the thing that I enjoy, like Pokemon cards and stuff like this, actually holds some value because there's a lot of people who think like that. It's not, you know, it's not just like Disney pins where they just put out a ton of them and there's too many to even think about. It's, and it's like funny. we have the shared, shared system of value and nostalgia for these things. So because of that, you know, things hold value.
1: I was gonna say I kind of skimmed through a few of the pens that we saw were being sold from D23 because some of them were like the the Cinderella mice for like I think there was like four six of them or four of them they were like going for three hundred a piece now just one of them it looked like it was like on an auction like one day left zero bids so what's funny is like six months after the fact you can get some of this stuff for cheap because nobody else wants it. Yeah. It's just your obsessive collectors who who have to have it immediately, and the price goes to the roof. And if you wait six months, you can get it for a steal.
0: I was thinking of uh, selling my little Lorcana Mickey pin because I. Well, I'm
1: keeping that too. I might <laughs> keep that for good, honestly, because of uh, that'd be something cool to kind of. I have that.
0: <laughs> There's actually none of that them way. on eBay unless I'm like searching for something different. But,
1: they were fifty bucks box. I feel like even even the empty folder, the empty binder, I saw was going for like three hundred bucks for the D twenty three set. Not really? Yeah. And I mean that just tells me even the binder, like give it enough time, that binder is going to be worth over a grand.
0: Yeah. I at one point I wanted to get the Lorcana pen that just said Lorcana that was given out to staff members. Looks like that's still going for about eighty five, ninety bucks. They were going so, for like seventy five.
1: But so they have increased a little bit.
0: Yeah, the Mickey pin is still about fifty bucks. It's just a little Lorcana logo with the Mickey on top.
1: That's the ones people are gonna want, I think. Most people. Yeah. Even though the other one was slightly rare.
0: Yeah, just more people don't know about that one. That one will be kind of lost to existence.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Mickey one is the one people are gonna want. Yeah. That's the one where if it goes up to several hundred dollars, it's gonna be that one. Yeah. And that one honestly could. It's all the D twenty three set could easily go up in crazy value because it's the first items ever released. Mm-hmm. And give it enough time, you're gonna have collectors that are gonna seek that out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just everything that was at the Lorcana booth that yeah. day.
1: Yeah. Like even who knows who who knows who has the Mickey Mouse billboard. <laughs> an employee, I'm sure, right? Um and another thing I, I kinda wanna say before we also go into gameplay. Um so when it comes to the D twenty three sets, there was three hundred released each day, as Nathan mentioned, forty nine ninety nine a per. Now, here's something I would like to say as well. Um, those are nine hundred confirmed sets we know about, but I would be shocked if there weren't more sets made distributed to some of the employees. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. Um
0: I bet I bet one set. Was given to every employee,
1: I or something like that. Yeah, I think the real number is over a thousand.
0: If there if there wasn't like the same set given to employees, which that would make the most sense. I bet there was something given to them, but you know, obviously we don't we don't know what that is, or maybe it's like a Fantasia Mickey card. (laughs) that's just like, you know, 10 copies. Who knows?
1: And, I mean, there's also probably prototypes of some of these cards that they either destroyed or they have locked away at Havingsburg Safe or something. I mean, but ultimately the most important thing is I think there is probably over a thousand sets in existence in my opinion, but you're not going to see those sets for a long time. Um you won't see those sets sold for until they stopped working there, I, I feel like. Uh but who knows, we could see more in the system with the, the with the with the pop report and but ultimately it's not gonna be a significant difference. Like maybe one two hundred more it's not gonna change much. Yeah.
0: Yep, it's not gonna change much at all. I mean they're just so limited already. Like you said, even the grading factor, I mean, less than 200 total Uh possible combinations.
1: And I'm kind of curious. Let me see how many have been graded. So, a third, over a third of the sets have been graded. Um, But now we know for a fact a lot of people that bought several sets, they take these sets. They took the best ones and they sent them off. Some of them sold the rest as... Individual sets to recoup some of their money without getting them graded because they knew they weren't going to hit a ten on it. Yeah. Uh, so it's so this this number, this percentage number of sixty six percent tens is very very misleading because of that. And I don't know how many more tens. I I expected there's going to be around three hundred tens. That's kind of what I said of, of each one, three to three fifty. Um, and we won't know for sure for a while. Now, we have a few months for people to grade it, and, and everything to note with the ELSA uh, 204 Pop and Tens, I want to say it's not 204 anymore. Um, I doubt the guy who... Yeah, so there's a guy. I won't say his name. He posted on both Reddit and Facebook about, oh, I got a gambling addiction, so he popped four PSA ELSA Tens. Yes, four. You did hear that correctly. And then he popped four Mickeys from the from their cases, PSA 10s, saying them to BGS in hopes of a black label. And I'm like, brah, I can tell you right now, there are a couple of them, but its centering's already debatable on if it's going to happen or not. Yeah. And then I was like... They're really good was quality,
0: like, but specifically the back centering. I remember that being mm-hmm. like the main problem for me when I was looking, even for yeah, nines. It, like Most of the nines had that little shift.
1: If you get the 10... You're going to have a similar value as a PSA 10, but here's the thing. Collectors like uniformity. The majority of folks went through PSA. There's, I don't know how many I'd have to see through like CGC and PSA and SGC. My guess is maybe a couple dozen 10s and all those. Um, but again, people are going to want uniformity. So he's going to he's going to get probably like one 9.5, two 10s, and he might get one black label which yeah. the black label might make it worth it just getting one because it'd probably be the only one in existence but again you're 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 gambling and then you'd have to crack the cases out again and resend it to psa if it's not a 10 and then you run the risk of it getting a nine potentially yeah but anyways there's more like 200 elsa's and yeah so
0: yep products are great just can't wait for it to to come. I can't wait to play. Like, that's my main thing. We need to get together yep, and yep. need to show you some magic so that we can, like, hop right into this thing. But, yeah, I guess we better talk about the rules. We're already going on an hour, ten minutes. So, already passionate about this little kind of stuff. But let's see. Yeah. So, I guess I'll kind of cover the rules kind of generally here. And then we can uh, talk about some aspects. So, if you've played Magic, this will sound really familiar. And it is really similar, aside from how you win. So, with Magic being a very attack-focused game, where you attack with your spells and your opponent chooses which spells to defend against, Um, any excess damage or unblocked creatures goes to your um, life, if you will, which you have 20 life in magic or life points in Yu-Gi-Oh!, um, with Pokemon, you pretty much just knock out Pokemon and get prizes for that. So, Pokemon is quite different in that aspect, but, uh, there's some aspects of both here. So, in Magic, obviously, we have Mana. In Lorcana, we're going to have an Inkwell. And what that means is there's an Inkwell, kind of like your Mana pool or your Energy cards in Magic magic, and Pokemon, this ink well is how you spend things to play things, like you spend ink to play things. So when you look at these cards up at the top left, there is a symbol there. If it's just a plain symbol with a number, which you find on, you know, action cards that you can play just to do something, or they have these song cards which you can play to do special things... Cards that you just play once and forget about, they usually just have like a little um, symbol with a number in the middle telling you how much ink those cost to play. But a lot of the cards that you play and they stay on the field, like items or characters themselves, they have a little circular swirl behind the number as well. So that tells you that that card can be placed face down in your ink well to count for ink. So that means if you look at this rule sheet or any of the D23 promos, if you draw that card and you don't have enough ink to play that card or you don't want to play that card this turn, you can put it face down to go into your ink well. So then that can be used as one ink to play other things. So if you're familiar with magic, like that will sound... Like, really easy to understand for you. But uh, if you're unfamiliar with all this stuff, if you search up Lorcana Rules, there's a two-page like, infographic that really breaks all this down really well. And you'll you what get, I'm looking at right now. Yeah, you'll get the gist of it. But, yeah, people who know magic, I mean, you'll instantly realize how that works. So that, to me, is one of the most important things about this card game. In Pokemon, you have the energy, of course. You have to draw energy to play the energy. So you can, in some ways, get energy screwed where you need the energy, but you just can't draw it. And in Magic, that's called mana screwed. You know, you need one more mana to play this card in your hand, but you keep drawing more creatures. You keep drawing more things that are useless to you because you don't have the mana to play them. Lorcana is doing something different with... The mana slash energy system, which is their ink system, it's built in to the cards themselves. So that is pretty much the main factor to me that stands out where this could actually be a very interesting system and almost make it better in a way. Because you don't have to worry about mana. You don't have to worry about energy. Like, all you worry about is, like, making your deck as best as possible. So, like, in a lot of Magic decks, like, the normal amount of mana to have is 18 cards. And kind of same with Pokemon. So, 18 cards of your deck are just cards that don't do anything except allow you to play the other cards. So, that's a huge game changer for Lorcana, I think, because decks are going to be way more diverse You'll have better systems, more efficiency. If you draw your card that cost nine ink that you draw on turn one, you don't have to wait nine turns to play that card. You can just put him down and use him for your other cards. So it it that's like I don't know, I'm just super excited for that system and that should be really fun. like people who don't get the TCG card games might not think, You know, they might just think that's something a little different, but that really changes the flow of the game. And, you know, they have a mulligan system, too, where if you don't draw the opening hand you want, you can redraw cards using their system. They have that in Magic, and the number one thing that leads to that is, like, having no mana in your hand, like being mana screwed. So, in LOKANA, that's going to happen way less often, the flow of the game is just going to be totally different. Um, the most unfun magic games are those where you draw a great hand, but you don't have any mana. So you're sitting there, and even if you just get happen to get unlucky for the first two, three turns, your opponent has such an advantage where it's like, well, let's just scrap this game. Let's play another one because I got mana screwed. That's not going to happen very often, it looks like, with Lorcana system. But um, I didn't know. Like, how does that sound to you? I know you don't really play the other card games, but coming from like a a non-player, like, does that sound like a a huge thing or not?
1: It does. It sounds simple. Um, to me, it sounds simple. Where it. Seems like it doesn't take a lot of effort for me to learn it once you spend time to read this. Uh, And what's cool with Disney and as well is if you go to their website, they already have a breakdown of basically a virtual match to show you how to play. It's like breakdown by breakdown by breakdown, like very simple. And it sounds very easy to play given I haven't played this, this is one of those things where I kind of understand it based on the description, but ultimately this is one of those things where I just have to, to do it yeah. um, to fully get it. That's how I learn on stuff like this. I just have to do it. Like, tell me like, tell me, like, list, by list the list on how to do a task. i be like, uh, I kind of understand it, but yeah. just doing it. That's how I'll remember it. And it seems pretty straightforward and simple. It really does. Like, you need to get 20 lore to be able to be able to win. You don't necessarily have to defeat people to get the 20 lore. Um, it seems like it'll be very fun to be able to do it because the whole aspect isn't necessarily like Yu-Gi-Oh! where you gotta beat your opponent. Where that obviously happens, where you, you kind of mentioned before how the only time you'd want to kind of battle is if you're trying to defeat a card that is given crazy lore
0: yeah and yeah i can go into that a little bit too i just wanted to kind of explain kind of in depth that system there real quick because that's how it all works right like and that's the most comparable thing to those other card games that almost make this system better so it essentially cuts down on dead time, dead cards in your deck. And, like, that's the main thing of deck building. You want it to work well together. So you could have too much of something and, you know, have dead turns where you can't do anything. And, yeah, it should be just really cool system to see how it works. But, yeah, to ultimately win, you have to collect those lore points, and the lower points are the little diamonds that are on the bottom right of the text box. So essentially, when you play the ink to play a card, you can have it quest. And when you quest it, you exert it, meaning you turn it sideways. It's the same as like tapping in magic. You just, if you attack with a monster in magic, You tap it, meaning that it can't attack again and stuff like that. Um, You can't do things with the cards the same turns you play them. So again, like Magic, it's like Magic's Summoning Sickness, they call it there. Um, They do have abilities built into some of the cards. Um, Can't quite remember the terminology, but Magic has similar stuff as well. There's cards that can you know, exert the turn they're played. There's cards that can, um, like when they do things, they don't exert. So it's kind of like vigilance and magic. When they attack, they don't tap. So they can still block even though they've attacked that turn. So all of that is sprinkled into these cards as well. So that's kind of the in-depth rules that we won't really touch on. But yeah, essentially you're trying to Play the card, exert the card, collect the lore, and if you get 20 lure, you win. And that's really it. Like, you don't really have to do combat to win. You can just play cards, exert them, get the points, and win. So where the trickiness kind of comes in um, is challenging. This is like the battle aspect. So when you exert something and it's sideways that card can be challenged. So it's giving off the vibe, and I'm not sure if there's ways around this where you can challenge cards that are not exerted. But it's seeming like like if you play this Mickey Mouse card on the rules and you exert him for two lore, you get two lore towards your total instantly, but it opens up an opportunity for your opponents to now attack that Mickey So it's like a system like that where you can kind of attack other people's resources to prevent them from getting more.
1: It looks like that one of the best is going to be the Brave Little Taylor. From what I can see, I was kind of scanning through the ones that they released. He's the only one with four lore. And he's pretty well-rounded. He's got eight ink if I'm if I recall correctly the 8 top left and he's got 5 attack 5 sh- defense so he's pretty well rounded brave little taylor it looks like it's probably going to be a staple on every single deck
0: yeah he's he's very powerful yeah he does give four lore and that's one of the abilities i was talking about evasive so he has evasive so only characters with evasive can challenge him. So, so only other
1: mickeys are evasive characters. That's yeah,
0: there are a handful of cards with evasive that have been um, shown. So it's kind of like uh, what do they call it: flying in Magic creatures. If creature has flying, they can't be blocked. Unless by other creatures who are flying or creatures who have reach. So like really tall creatures sometimes have reach where they can reach flying creatures. Um, So this is exactly that. They're, you know, Mickey's evasive. So he evades everything unless something else also has evasive. And of course he can be killed by, you know, something that uh, says destroy target character or something like that destroy you know target card on your opponent's side of the field so it's not like he's invincible it's just very tricky to kill him or challenge him with other characters but he's
1: a legendary rare so he's going to be one of the rarest one which makes sense yeah. with his, and then another one that stands out just kind of scrolling through his moana three lore. And she can assist with other princesses. So that that her, the Moana card, can really have an interesting strategy in your deck. With the lore and how she can assist for other princesses.
0: Yeah, there, You guys will just have to, like, check out this card list. I mean, they, they really have all... The mechanics of magic mm-hmm. like sprinkled in here in one way or another and even some from um Oh 2 like spells and like instant spells and long lasting spells they have what they call songs which you play with a character which do certain things but yeah and you notice like even you who you know doesn't really play tcgs like you recognize mickey's a pretty good card Like, Mm -hmm. it gives you four lore, especially with that evasive, he's tricky. So, he can get you four every turn. But, you know, with his ability, with his lore, he also costs eight ink. So, that's kind of similar to magic. Like, really powerful cards cost more resources. So, you know, this is a very powerful card, but he's also a card that you probably won't see until turn seven, turn eight. You know, at the earliest. Because, you know, you can only play one card face down once per turn to count towards your ink. So, it's uh, all about the strategy. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much like, you know, we went over how you win and how you limit your opponent. Um, when you challenge, each card has an strength and willpower which is attack and defense, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very much so like magic. Um, you put the card's attack to the opposite card's defense, and you do the same for the opposite card's attack to your defense. So they exchange damage at the same time. And uh, you get little damage counters... So this is the aspect that's closest to Pokemon. Um, say if a if a card with one attack or one strength attacks a card with you know two defense or two willpower, that that one damage on the two willpower stays as a damage counter. So that card now only has one willpower left. So if one more willpower was done to that character, he would be banished and sent to the graveyard to the shadow realm. Yeah. So the the combat system is very much so like magic, but the damage stays like Pokemon. So yeah, they've uh really got really got a mix of things here.
1: Yeah, I think once people see how to play it, once they see other people how to play it. I think it'll it'll take off. It might be kind of slow. A lot of people will be like, "Hey, Lorcan," we'll and then it'll be kind of slow. People getting into it. I do kind of think they need something for else for collectors in that first set. Um, some sort of secret rare that's an all star of something else. I would like to see that. But again, they're probably gonna be very basic, just getting people to learn the game. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. I can't wait till we get a little closer. We're hearing new, basically, a new cards being released like every single week at this point. Uh, and I'm very excited for this to be released and actually play. Like, this actually looks fun to play. I might even be able to get my girlfriend to play it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I really have um, enjoyed Magic over the years. Um, Like I said, the biggest downfall Magic has, aside from their executive decisions here lately, as far as gameplay-wise, it's really just... the the mana system and being mana screwed and the Lorcana system at first glance eliminates that problem. And when I think about it on another level of deck building, you know, not only do you have the aspect of, oh, well, 18 of my cards don't have to be dedicated to play my other cards so I can add 18 more cards, you know, that flow together. But There's also this aspect of, you know, you really have to factor in the ink cost. So, like, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, in Magic, with a lot of high-cost decks, you really want to make sure you have the mana system in place. So sometimes people run even more mana because they know they're going to need more for their bigger things. In Lorcan,a you could play an entire deck of, like, Brave Little Tailors, which, you know, you're limited to four copies per card. But you can, you know, you know what I'm saying, you basically buff out your entire deck of high-cost cards, and it doesn't matter, because you can use those cards as your ink as well. So, no. you don't want to do that, because it's going to take you a lot of turns to even play something. But, you know, in Magic, if you did that, you would just not be able to play anything ever because you don't draw the mana to play them so it's a it's a very interesting system on multiple levels and uh yeah it actually has some surprising depth to it 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 surprises me how basic it is like you can just play this card and quest with him you get how many points it says you get 20 of those points you win but then it's like complicated to the level of that with the ink system like it's it's uh it's very easy but also more complicated than you think and it can seem complicated but more easier than you think so it's mm-hmm. it, it's weird how it i don't know there's that depth to it but it's also kind of easy in a way you guys will see you guys yep like most people you just have to play. People who so, understand magic, you know, will just get it.
1: Uh, but I'm going to say, just before we move on to the next time, I just want to say, uh, Hushu Report is kind of becoming like the Bulbapedia in some ways. Disney Lorcana, um, has a lot of information on the products, has information on each card by lists, has their, uh, r- rarity tier. There is also a cards list that they have. So there's two different different lists that, that you have. And one is just like an itinerary list. You click on it the, and it includes a rarity. The other includes the name, the card type, the ink, the cost, all that, lore, ability, and the, and the actual image. Um, so it tells you what each card is, what each card does. And it's a really great synopsis to be able to kind of see everything that's been released so far. Uh, there's also the Disney Lorcanas page, which has rules, an easy breakdown of the actual game. And very easy for you to look at it, and, you know, it's very easy to be able to n- navigate. Yes. There's the story that you have on Lurcana, what is the magical of the Inks. So, yeah, go ahead and take a look, look at those as well.
0: Yeah, but shaping up to be pretty nice, and yeah, that Mushy report seems like, uh, I think they were just made in December, and granted there's limited information on Lorcana, so it, it doesn't seem like they have too much stuff, but it seems like they could become a nice hub, and I think they have a YouTube channel as well. You know, we contemplated doing one ourselves, or doing a Lorcana podcast by itself, but Definitely an option. Yeah, could have got in early because I guess we were one of the earliest. But yeah, it's just a lot. Of extra well, a lot to...
1: of people. Yeah, and I mean, it just depends on how much work you're able to put into because it's gonna you're gonna be putting in a lot of work and then not seeing any rewards for a long time. Yeah, but
0: but yeah, I guess with that we'll just do some questions real quick because. We're kind of getting there on time, and yeah, that's just the gist of how to play. If you guys have any questions, let me know. They have some really good infographics. Um, I mean, the only things we really didn't touch on are the ink types and the rarity types, which, you know, the ink types are just kind of like typings in Magic or, you know, Mana Color or typings in Pokemon, Mana Color and Magic. You know, they have six typings, amber, amethyst, emerald, ruby, sapphire, steel, each kind of with their own ideas of things. Um, They have rarity symbols, common, uncommon, rare, super rare, legendary. Um, The rare, super rare, legendary are bronze, silver, and gold symbols. So there's that. That's something that kind of confused me as well, because in Magic, the rares are gold And the legendary or mythic rares are red. So it's almost like (laughs) flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, they kind of tell you really the even more basic stuff than I said. They tell you how to play cards, how to build your deck, how to use abilities. All on that rule sheet that you can find if you just search for it. So... But yeah, with that, I guess let's hop on into the questions.
1: All right, do you have a question?
0: Yeah, I had one kind of Lorcana related.
1: Okay. I had one that was Pokémon related. So, let's go ahead and do yours then so we stick with the Lorcana.
0: Okay. We've kind of touched on this before, but it's it seems kind of that, you know, the the D twenty three collector set is more limited than Mickey, but being the poster boy of Lorcanna and on the box itself, do you think the non hollow Mickey D twenty three would outshine the most popular cards from the collector set, which is right now Elsa? So, do you think in the long haul? the Mickey so will we, outperform Elsa.
1: So we don't know the exact number um, that has that was printed for the Mickey Mouse. Um, when the, it first broke, we thought maybe 5,000 a day for 15,000. We know that's not true at this point. Uh, we think maybe it might have been like 1,500 a day, something like that, or 1,000 a day. And both those numbers would honestly be more appropriate for what we're seeing in the pop reports at this point, the total. Um, I, I think somewhere between 3,000... Somewhere between three and 6,000 is probably more accurate at this point. So that's a significant difference, just scarcity-wise. And because of that, I don't think it's going to be reach the same heights as Elsa
0: yeah.
1: strictly because of the difference in pure scarcity. I think if it were like, a th- I mean, cause you're looking at maybe a thousand at most of Elsa and you're looking at three times that potentially for Mickey mouse, that's too much of a population difference. And because of that alone, I don't think it's going to be reach the same heights as Elsa. I think it's going to be kind of close I think it's going to be probably within 60 to 80% of the cost of Elsa. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But it's not going to be more expensive than Elsa. And I think if it had a better foiling, I think it might be different. It might be able to get it for the art aspect. But I don't think just the fact that it's a Mickey Mouse is going to do it. But I could be mistaken.
0: Yeah. I think it'll... It'll pretty much be yeah always lower, I think it would be different if the Mickey was hollow as well, but because the only identifying factor is the first and d twenty three symbol at the bottom it it really kind of limits it, yeah, you know it's kind of like the shadowless is to the normal base set. It's it's more expensive, but it's not like insanely crazy. Maybe like double the price. But if that was hollow, where it'd be like, oh wow, like this is way different. Then that that'd be a little that'd be a little different. But yeah, with the hollow and the more, you know, the rarity factor of the set themselves, I think the hollow is what really sets them apart. Um. Yeah, cuz it is they are pretty pretty nice with that hollow. But
1: yeah, and I think that that's a big thing. And now if you want to talk amongst generations for the under 20 crowd, Elsa is under 2025 crowd. Elsa's probably going to be the most desirable one. Um I know, you know, Mickey Mouse is obviously the, their their poster boy. It's like their Pikachu. But you can argue that Elsa would be like the Charizard. And while a lot of people want Mickey Mouse, I think your diehards are more going to want Elsa. Because of, one, how many people like Frozen. The fact that you know Frozen 2 made like a billion dollars. And they're going to make a third one. I, I just think there's a lot of people that emphasize or sympathize with Elsa that enjoy those movies. And they marketed Elsa so significantly post-Frozen and Frozen 2 that it's, I mean, it really is a very desired character for under a certain age group. And Mickey Mouse kind of covers all generations, but again, the arts, there's no foil. The art's kind of meh compared to Elsa. You know, a lot of people say they like the Mickey art, but I, I mean, I think it's okay. It's not bad. It's just, it's kind of bland, you know? Yeah. If they if it didn't have the first edition stamp, like you said, I wouldn't have the same allure to it. Whereas Elsa has the hollow. And it's a nice hollow with some squirrels in it, you know, it's a more attractive looking card. And then you just have then you also add the fact that you have waifu collectors, even though obviously Elsa she, she isn't like waifu material, it's just like waifu collectors are gonna go after it because of that.
0: Yeah. Yep, I think uh, set will always shine in a way. But what was uh, your question?
1: Mine is what is a tough pill to swallow in the Pokemon hobby.
0: So what? I guess give me your example of like what what you think.
1: Uh, So I kind of have a few. Charizard is overrated. You should keep, you should stop hoarding modern sealed. Tro- most trophy cards have terrible art.
0: <laughs> terrible art or just like bland art?
1: A little bit of both.
0: <laughs> I think the trophy yeah, cards yeah, look yeah. good. They're definitely not the best, but they're okay.
1: I, I, this is kind of a hot take, but it's also hot take slash talk hill to swallow. It's kind of how you want to interpret it. It's very similar to, to each each other. Oh, and I would say another one is keep on printing base sets over and over again is exhausting towards the hobby, even though it makes a lot of money.
0: Yeah, all those pretty valid. Yeah, my thing is like. They are just failing on most aspects outside of the TCG. Is mm-hmm. is really about it? I like mean, I agree. I mean, and they're doing—they're not doing bad by any means. They're doing okay, but as we've mentioned before, like there could be so much more. Disney, if this Lorcana <laughs> takes off. I mean, they're, you know, they're obviously a company that'll do anything and everything, just make whatever, because it makes money. I know Pokemon is a little more protective. They're more strategic and, you know, not so much focused on that, being a Japanese company. Um, More of the quality and about the kids first. But at this point, they have to acknowledge, like, the base has grown up. There could be so much more they do with the games. The games, pretty That's much the, the people who support the games outside of kids who, you know, are playing a lackluster game and don't realize it. The only people buying the games are, like, the, the hardcore people who buy every game. Like, they're really not... Which maybe they are. I really can't see them connecting with much of a new player base. Like, they could just be doing so much more. And I think of games like Hogwarts Legacy where they just took Harry Potter and made, like, a really nice quality game and really flushed out that experience. Like, if they did half that with Pokemon, it would be amazing.
1: Like, we still have... We kind of talked about this before with their games. And they still are... They're trying to honor too much of the old games. Like, you don't even have voices. It's all text. Yeah, you Why tell me you can't
0: you... hire or spend some money for some voice actors. I mean, come on. You could pay 10 voice actors, you know... They do everything. $100,000. So invest a million dollars and like 10 voice actors would add so much more quality to a game. Cause I mean, really there's usually like 10 or so, usually not many more characters than 10 in a Pokemon game that are really even key factors, <laughs> you know,
1: they're, they're not trying anything new. They're try they're not trying to appeal to the more mature audience when it comes to the games i'm not saying like blood i'm just talking about in gameplay you don't have to make a game that appeals to kids or everyone every single time you can make a game like a breath of the wild that has strategy and it has everything else better gameplay and appeals to your more mature audience and more people will play your game You'll be able to get, but they make so much money, they just don't care because it just works. But one thing that Lorcana would offer is competition because Disney's already announced that they want to get more into games. Not necessarily Lorcana specifically, but you know Lorcana is going to be entailed at some point. So what you're going to eventually have is games that feature Lorcana. Yeah. And, you know, Disney's going to actually try because they're going to want to hit it out of the park in their first game because they want to impress people. And I'm hoping that Lorkan is going to force Pokemon to grow up and adapt.
0: Yeah, it's hard. We mentioned
1: it several times. We we would love to be able to play a game with, with that you can play in multiple regions. And it's kind of ridiculous that we've only had one game, and that was 20 years ago, where you could even do that.
0: Yeah, multiple regions or more expansive regions. Like I feel like Scarlet and Violet was really like good in the step they took but it took two generations to get here like even more than that i mean we saw x and y and then sun and moon they they made like an open world city and then then they made it open world with sun and moon but it was pretty much like very small limited that's why they kind of chose hawaii based region because they could do small islands and so this one that Like Sword and Shield, they kind of did a little better with it. But with Scarlet and Violet, it was really the first one. So it took three generations to get to the truly open-world gameplay. So it's like, okay, now we're here. Let's make it better. Let's flush it out. But, you know, knowing their track record, it's going to take one or two generations to even get to that level. But...
1: And I think Lorcana, once they start seeing their sales dip, or like, you know, say Lorcana starts really appeasing the collectors as well with secret rares after they become established, you got to start seriously looking at how, if Pokemon starts seeing their sales dip because of that, I'm not going to say it's be too late because Pokemon is still going to do well, obviously. It's just, you don't want it to get to that point. You want to beat that. And I think some of what you're seeing this year is in part to of, like making the cards uniform with the silver backgrounds. That's something a lot of people wanted. Um, having kind of different hollows, you have that. There, there is some things where they have listened. They have listened a little bit to the open world gameplay, as you said, but it's been very slow—a slow process. And they probably got a couple years to kind of really become more formula—not formulate, but more—to <sighs> implement a few changes. Before Lorcana potentially could almost rival them in some ways.
0: Yeah. And it is because hard wh- for me to see, like, how Disney could do it with the games. Like, I mean, they do have Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that, but...
1: It basically be Kingdom Hearts, but just Disney characters. Yeah. But It will be slightly different, but it will include all Disney characters, and it will sell like crazy, and they'll be on every platform, you know? Yeah. Like... It'll it'll do well if you do if you do a good job at it and you advertise it well it will sell well.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just wanting more and you know hopefully Legends Arceus showed them something too because a lot of people really enjoyed that game and it was very different from past games but it was open world and the aspect of the story and it was more of a collecting game just very different than before and uh it had success so hopefully that showed them enough and hopefully the complaints with scarlet and violet even though they were decently good games um yeah they could they could just be more but we'll see um one last thing i wanted to send off the lorkana episode with um, I was kind of looking around on Lorcanas' official website, disneylorcana.com and uh, they do have all these resources on there. They can, like you said, they have the story, they have the, the products on there, which you can really just look at now. So I don't know um, how much you'll be actually be able to buy on there, but they break down every product there for you to see, which is nice. Um, but under the play section... They have how to play and it's broken down literally in small video increments, every little aspect of the game. And then at the very bottom, they have a link for the quick start rules, which are um, those two images that I was showing. So if you look them up, the image quality of those might not be that great, but the the link at the bottom of that play page um you can download two very high quality images of the rules um and also on there there's a section um under play where you can click organized play and it's talking about their organized play system um Tells you that as a participant you'll earn league points for playing or participating in other activities. Lorcana Play stores will award prizes based on league point totals. Your store may also choose to host tournaments and award prizes based on the results. Um, they have a list of participating stores which will be available closer to launch. And ask your store if they will participate. In Disney Lorcana organized play. So if you have a store that does magic, does board games, stuff like that, really uh, you know, push them or ask them to get involved because um, it's going to be beneficial for everybody. And it even has a for retailer section where it says qualifying local game stores may receive a kit of promo cards, pins, and other prizes they can use to host tournaments or support league play. So, it confirms right there there's going to be special pins, prizes, and promo cards, most importantly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a full, a full league system here. And uh, it says in league play, participants collect points, pretty much, you know, win or lose. Bringing a friend to game night will get you some points. Teaching someone the rules will get you some points somehow. Kit materials may be awarded to players with the highest point tor- totals. One kit will support a full 12-week session of league play. So when you sign up as a retailer for this, they're going to send you a kit with all the promos for like a full 12-week season of the leagues. So they're they're already got stuff in motion, and I'm sure stores have already you know signed up. They got a little store qualification download page that just tells you, you know, the requirements to be one of these stores. And I guess they have to. You have to send them all the uh, information, the business information, copy of business license, tax ID, VAT number, links of websites, social media pages, a video of the outside and inside of your store and your products, your play area. So they they wanna make sure, you know, there's some good quality places to play.
1: Absolutely. Can't wait for for, for August.
0: Yeah. All this is in motion. It's set up and just a few months away. But Yep. We'll leave y'all with that. Sorry if you're not a Lurkana fan and you've made it this like we far. bored you to death but yeah you probably stopped listening already if that's the case but uh if you want more we'll probably do one more episode post-launch or at launch um
1: well i'll be in new york so we'll have to do one after one probably (laughs) yeah (laughs) plus i see how things are going
0: plus i want to see like how the pull rates and people opening all the products before yeah. we really go into like how it went and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Probably be about a month, probably mid September is my guess.
0: If you want uh, more content, I'll, I'll probably be making some more kind of videos on my channel. Um, I'm kind of doing like a spring cleaning thing around the house, but really gearing up to um, do one more big house project at the end of the month. Um, and then hopefully be back on my video making game for the summer. So, definitely want to get back into it before we hit up Collecticon and I kind of get into collecting and all the selling again. But anyway, guys, we'll leave you there and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace, Peace. out.
1: See you next time.